Welcome to Location Matters, the podcast from NGIS, covering the world of mapping and location technology. Welcome to the second episode of the NGIS podcast, Location Matters. My name's Adam Mullet, and we are in Madrid for the Cato Locations Conference. And joining me today, we have the Executive Director of NGIS, Richard Bentley. Hello. And we have the CEO of Cato, Javier de la Torre. Hey, everybody. So we're in Madrid. It's a little bit more chilly than we were hoping, uh, about 10 degrees today. But uh, we're sitting here with Javier because we want to learn more about Cato. You know, we're getting really excited about our NGIS and we want to find out how uh, he sees the world. So let's start, for those of you who don't know, in our, for our listeners, what uh, Cato is about, let's start with, you know, what is Cato and where does it come from? I'll, so I'll go to you now, Javier. Sure. So Carto is a location intelligence platform. Our goal is to democratize the usage of location data to solve every business problem that we can think of. So um, really, uh, Carto comes from the what we like to think that we're thinking of GIS. So uh, GIS has been existing for now probably around 50 years. It's a very kind of like a, a long kind of like industry that I've been fascinated from the really beginning of my career. So I used to be a scientist uh, working on things about biodiversity data, uh, conservation kind of like topics, climate change, and obviously maps are a fundamental part and spatial analysis is a fundamental part of any study around these topics. So uh, that's how I got started with it. And one of the things that we had to work back in the days was working with uh, what we call biodiversity primary data, where species are. And that actually turned to be very challenging as we were working with very massive amounts of data. Well, amounts that now we probably will laugh about it, but, you know, we had to work with databases of 500 million locations, things like that. And it became very clear from the beginning we're working with that type of data and the type of use cases that we wanted to drive with it that the technology wasn't ready for a lot of, you know, the use cases we wanted to do. In particular... You know, technology wasn't ready for the volumes of new data that we were seeing. Like working with a hundred thousands, a few millions was easy, but if you got into the billions, it was just too hard. So that was one part. The other is that the data was changing and it's now changing more frequently than ever. So the concept of a of a kind of like a static map was kind of like broken. The idea is that you know the map has to be always be updating, and that is the idea of like you would produce a map and print it physically. Just didn't work for us. So um, and the third was in the form of analysis. We have to perform spatial analysis, figuring out you know, where were sweet spots for making protected areas, understanding how climate change will affect our conservation policies. And performing that analysis just wasn't easy. You almost require to be a full GIS expert in order to do some of the most basic uh, functionalities. And it was clear to us that you know, there was going to be a, a much larger demand in the form of you know, like GIS geospatial analytics and that um, new users or the new audience will probably be thinking in a different way to do GIS. And that's where you know, we thought about there was an opportunity to rethink GIS and that's how we kind of like got Carto started in Let's work with more data. Let's work more towards live analysis and make it easier and democratize it to all your audience. I mean, that's a really great point, Javier. You've got, you've got your traditional GIS users and then you've got a whole world of other people out there who would really love access to this sort of toolkit but just don't. I mean, Richard, you see there's, there's actually a fundamental difference between the way that Carto goes about mapping and the traditional GIS stack. 
Yeah, I see that uh, the Cardo is actually bringing a, a new flavour, uh, a temporal component, which is uh, very difficult for a traditional GIS to be able to demonstrate or display. And you were talking about the, uh, the, the map that is changing all of the time. So we want to be able to see a map at a particular point in time um, and Cardo allows us to do that with that temporal component uh, you're overlaying. It's sort of like a fourth dimension. You know, we've got three, three D, we've got four D, we've got, we've got N D really. Um, so that I think is is sort of the 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 next stage where we can start to mine the data uh, in very very fine slithers, time slices, and it just gives us, um, I suppose, uh, a much better exposure to the data. And in particular, I mean, like to me, one of the most exciting things that we're going to be talking at Cartel Locations a lot about this is, you know, it's these new forms of location data. We call them location data streams. Location data now is generating, you know, like massively. It's just never been, you know, so much location data as we have now. And that is because that data is getting generated in automatic ways, right? So uh, we have app data from uh, from mobile devices, you know, telling us location of users. We've got telcos. We've got, like, credit card transactions. So um, so I think, you know, like, that is, from my point of view, one of the most exciting things that we're living in geography. That for the time, for the first time, we have enough data on real time you know, like to describe where things are happening. And that is making us totally rethink how we think about like GIS from a one snapshot call like analysis of a particular point in time to a continuous analysis. You think about like now it's not only about understanding how to solve the problem now, but how it's actually going to evolve over time, how we can design, how we can do analysis thinking about like prepare the analysis for a continuous monitoring and that is very, very, very exciting. That that four dimension is going to change entirely the way that we think about GIS. So Cardo uses location intelligence, the word, a lot, uh, and that plays off the word business intelligence. So where do you see it moving? You know, from a corporate sense, from a business sense, and the users there understanding how they can use mapping and GIS. Yeah. So uh, so that's exactly right. Uh, there has been over the last 10 years an incredible proliferation of BI. So BI used to be in the hands of a few users and now it's democratized to almost anybody, right? Tools like Tableau or Click has made incredible work of making um, data visualization accessible to a large, large audience. And that is in part, you know, like that democratization, the citizens data science, if you want to say it. It's really, you know, like fundamentally change the way that, you know, like data is now approached by many organizations. And the same, we believe, has to happen on the GIS space. Uh, the idea of the old days of, you know, like the GIS department on the basement, it's kind of like going to be gone. Uh, we're going to have to open our industry, you know, to a larger audience. And that is going to mean, you know, like in a lot of sense, you know, like making it accessible uh, to a larger audience. And we believe like location intelligence in that sense describes better that transformation. Now, obviously, BI is also moving very fast. If you've seen tools like Tableau or Click, uh, BI vendors are pushing a lot the, their capabilities when it comes to mapping. To a point that I think mapping now, it's becoming much more of a commodity. There's many more people doing maps now than ever because of Carto, but because also a lot of BI tools who have added more BI, uh, ca uh, more mapping capabilities. So the future, I mean, what we see is that um, location intelligence in our industry has to move towards more where we call like our, us as kind of like experts, we're more excited, which is the analytics part. I mean, like seeing things 
things in the map is the part that you know it gets you first excited but when it gets really really exciting is when you start doing the analysis and understand the relation between the locations with the with the features and all those type of interesting processing that you can make when you understand where things are right so um so there is a lot you know like a, a push from the bi world that is going to take around you know like the basic forms of visualization in maps um but there's a is also pushing a lot the requirements when it comes to understanding why things are where they are or where they're going to be in the future so i think you know like this democratization of the visualization is is a making it even more relevant than ever the analytical part of location intelligence so i think that's probably what we're going to see a lot uh, you know moving forward so richard you've been in the industry for a long time and <laughs> we were talking this morning, 37 years now. So, you, so just, just off what Javier was just saying, you've, you've, you've seen the teams gone from being this basement, um, you know, sort of capability, and now location intelligence is bigger than ever. So what, what's going to happen to the GIS team in, in, in client organizations? In what is, what's going to happen to NGIS? What's going to happen to the industry? Look, I think you'll see, I think you'll see the GIS team pivot. Uh, into being data data analysts. I mean, they are now, but it's going to be a, a, a real uh, march onto a formal uh, a formal thing. So, you know, in the old days, it was about collecting the information. We spent a lot of time collecting the information, and we spent a lot of time uh, making sure it was correct. And by the time we went to model it and look at it. It was out of date. We don't have that problem anymore. What we have is uh, data we're collecting in real time from sensors that are on the ground. You know, it might be turbidity, dust monitoring, whatever it might be. We're getting that in real time so we can make decisions there and then. Uh, and I think that's that's where um, the GIS analyst will move to that interpretation and action actioning of that data. Big time, and and in fact, I think you know, like I like to call. I say when I talk to geographers or GIS experts, I think there's never been a most exciting time to work on this field. There's never been a bigger demand for GIS than there is now, right? Because you know, like all this, you know, like democratization is making a lot of people realize of the power of GIS. Versus before, we we knew it, but a lot of people didn't know about it, right? And that is, you know, like it's one of the most exciting times is this new data. Just, I mean, one, one thing, I mean, like you've been uh, for a long time on the industry, <laughs> but... Um, Again with the time. Yeah, <laughs> the time is so important, right? Uh, but, you know, like it's... Uh, think about like how we were working with census data. Yeah. Like in the United States, the latest census is eight years old, right? I don't know how it's in Australia. How, when was the latest census in, uh, in Australia? Two years ago, two, two years 2016. Ago. So you guys are lucky because, you know, like all the analysis that you can do now in census data, at least it's forecasted from two years ago but think about like united states eight years ago nine years ago in some cases i think you know like it's it's incredible if you think about now the possibilities when you can recreate census data out of you know like things like telco data what is what is the opportunity how is it going to change the way that we think about gis it's very it's very exciting so so i think that um you know gis in the early days was here's the solution, what's your problem? Because we didn't have any data. We had, it was very, very limited, the amount of data we've got. Now we've got a lot of data and yeah. we, we know what the problem is and we've got the tools to, to actually manage and monitor and maintain and give us the answers. And especially with our products like Cardo, who can, we can start to peel the layers of data back and we can find those nuggets of information that are going to make a difference to the businesses that we run and own. I see, I and mean, you've already touched on it, Javier, that 
it's, it's a really exciting time to be in GIS. And I think that's partly because now tools like Cardo, they play really well with other technology stacks. You know, you, you've got connections to every tool under the sun, Salesforce, Zapier, um, Arcturus Server, and so on. Where does that play into your strategy and, and, and why does that make Cardo relevant? Right. Well, I think, you know, like this is a reflection of the current times that we're living from an, in a technology industry, right? So the cloud has a base, basically changed everything. So no software now lives on its own. The idea that you're going to start your day using a software and you're going to end up using the same software for doing everything in the sun is not realistic. Uh, reality is that now, you know, like most professionals are going to need to use many different tools. They're going to need to be integrated in a much more complex ecosystem. And, and the beauty of it is that the cloud has really enabled those connectivities much, much easier. Um, it has made, you know, like companies like Carto, which were cloud first. We, we started on the cloud. We didn't have to reinvent ourselves like the old GIS into the cloud. We were born in the cloud. And that means that, you know, from the beginning, we knew that we had to call and make the connection of our product with many other products. Also for, you know, this idea of like breaking the barriers. Think about, you know, we're talking about like the GIS being a very close industry, right? We tend to, we used to say like is geospatial is a spatial. Yeah, <laughs> yeah? It's a special, yeah. right? <laughs> so, um, well, it just turned out that now we have like data scientists that wants to use Python and notebooks together with, you know, like, uh, you know, post-GIS, and then you want to connect it into your Active Directory system so that it's part of a full kind of like enterprise kind of like governance. And, and you have all those pieces, and, and, we, and the industry is coming to a maturity that any software that is not thinking of being part of the ecosystem is just not part of the industry in a way. So it's a fundamental part of, the, of, the, of, of our strategy. And also, honestly, it's very touched to our kind of like uh, open source strategy, right? So um, we believe that, you know, like the value of our product is really some of the usage that you can make out of it, not on the lines of code or the blockade that we make uh, for you, right? So, uh, and that is becoming more and more obvious to all organizations. And that is, you know, like means having to think about like how you connect to the outside world, but also how do you ensure that your customers have the freedom and always they can choose if they stay with your product or they want to move to another product. And we believe a lot on giving that uh, possibility to our customers. So I want to ask a cheeky question. Are you able to reveal to us today anything in the roadmap for, for Cardo? I mean, you've just released Builder and you've released Engine in the last year, which have been very successful. Is there anything you can tell us at the moment? Sure. In these cart locations, there's uh, two things probably that we're going to be uh, we're going to be talking about. One that I'm very very excited is data observatory. So you've heard that you know like we had for a number of uh, of years now had a repository of data together with uh, with Builder and Engine, but now we're making it the first citizen as a product because we see more and more demand for it. And actually here in um, in locations, we're going to be announcing like some key partnerships with some data producers that create those location that streams. One of them I can tell you about, one of them is Vodafone. So Vodafone is one of the biggest telcos in the world. They have a lot of data, you know, about, you know, how people move, where they are. And we work with them to, in an anonymized and aggregated way, to use it to recreate things like the census. So what we are looking at is opening a real-time census. And if you think about, like, how a real-time census can change the way that we do GIS, it really blows your mind. From my point of view, this is really dramatically way different way of thinking about GIS. 
So that's one part that I'm very excited. And not only about like sensors, we're talking about like we're working with uh, big credit card, card like companies using you know their uh, their data about you know where people spend money. And then you go like IoT, you know where cars are, where things are. We've never known better where things are, and we can create indexes with that to to infer and model things like site selection and topics like that. So a lot of that is going to be announced on Data Observatory, and in particular how you can leverage it from Python using Carta Frames, using an engine, using Builder. That's something that is I'm very excited about. The second part I can tell you about that you have to wait a little bit is around uh, our vector strategy. So we have a very, very cool, you know, like update on, on Vector, which is really changing our industry and the way that, you know, like solutions and applications get built. And there's a very, very exciting announcement we're going to have on that, on that area. All right. So t- turning to Asia, um, I wanted to ask you, Richard, we've heard from Javier some of the things that are happening in Carta. I mean, we have to apply these in the real world, right? You know, and Asia is a really interesting market because you've got some developing countries, you've got some highly developed markets like Australia, Japan, New Zealand, Singapore. Where do you see the business opportunities here uh, to apply what Cardo's built? I suppose you've got to look at uh, internal infrastructure because it's a cloud service. Um, So you're looking at, uh, well, companies or countries within those companies, uh, companies, countries, looking at uh, companies within those countries that can support the infrastructure. Now, this is is changing because we were looking uh, at Locate 18, and what's happening there is we're seeing a lot of uh, space startups happening. So with the Internet of Things, uh, you need to have uh, a lot of uh, communication satellites. So they're putting out a lot of doves. Uh, we went from one space startup in Australia, it's gone to 80 space startups. And it's all about uh, communication. So without communications, the Internet of Things is nothing. So what we're seeing and what we're banking on, actually, is in those developing countries, they're having access to the infrastructure that they need to be able to take advantage of things like Cardo and the power of uh, observatory, which is super, super exciting uh, for organisations. And to be able to, uh, I suppose, to be able to share that information. Now, we'll be targeting um, those countries that have infrastructure or are planning to have that infrastructure so we can actually position ourselves to be the leaders in, I suppose, the democratisation, as you say, of geographic information in those countries. I mean, I've got this vague memory of reading The Economist in 2005, and I remember they were poo-pooing the idea of the cloud. You know, they were just saying this is, this is just putting data on someone else's computer, right? So really, over the last 15 years, we've been spending a lot of effort, you know, globally, getting our data into the cloud, organizing it, making it easier to access. I want to ask you, Javier, is this, are we now entering the golden age of visualization analytics? Well, certainly, I mean, I said, like, I do believe that uh, there's never been a better moment to work on geography, if you want to say, now going in particular around location data. Um, And yeah, and in that sense, you know, like visualization in the form of cartography and mapping, you know, like, yes, I think it is, 
anybody that is right now studying geography is going to have so much more access to data than before. I mean, like, I do remember, I'm also old enough to remember the times where we had to fight to get access to data. So you will spend like 80% of the time just trying to find the data, 10% cleaning it up, and then maybe if you're lucky, 10% visualizing or making some sense out of it, right? So that has changed dramatically. So that means that now we can focus so much more on the insights and we can do much more around the optimizations, understanding, you know, how we could, you know, like think in different ways, you know, different scenarios. So I think, yeah, there's definitely, you know, like a golden age uh, when it comes, you know, to data accessibility and the cloud has made in part that. I mean, like the other big trend, I mean, you're talking about like, we're talking about like massive amounts of data. A company like Carto, you know, I wouldn't normally have been able to process these amounts of data. So it's cloud computing one more time, you know, that really is a game changer. You know, like we can do now models, you know, like at the level of detail with the, some volumes of data that will be totally impossible. And we can run them, you know, like in three hours in, cl- in big clusters that we open and, and, and close on demand. That is unbelievable. I mean, like for anybody in our industry, the computing capacity, data availability, visualization tools, analytics, talking about like machine learning, artificial intelligence, we've never had in more tools than now. So uh, I think, you know, like there is a lot of still of um, opportunities to rethink how we do GIS with all these new tools that we've given. I think it's, it's definitely a golden age. They're calling it the fourth industrial revolution, the Internet of Things. I wanted to ask you, what are some of the best or most interesting unexpected use cases that you've seen for Cardo uh, around the world? <laughs> well, now we're talking about the fourth industry, right? I mean, like one of the one of the I don't know funniest story. You know, it was a scary back in the days, but you know, like there was this data breach on uh, you know this uh, website called Ashley Madison about you know like affairs, and one Carto user <laughs> used Carto to visualize all the locations where everybody had had an affair in the world. We're talking about millions. Uh, we got like a very quickly you know like email from people very angry about that we were disclosing that information. So that was that was a tricky one. We were not expecting that. But you know other kind of funny things. I mean like. Uh, uh, Pokemon Go. No one saw that coming. That took our servers down for a few hours because the demand, some users started making maps of Pokemon Go and they go like viral, like crazy viral. So that was like, oh my goodness, things that we were definitely not expecting, right? In another type of things, I mean, like, uh, still like uh, amaze me. I mean, we're going to be talking at locations about one uh, nonprofit who uses Carto for um, anti personal mines. Uh, sorry, personal mines. So, you know, like looking landmines, looking at the locations of them and doing planning about, you know, like the safety and the security. That was, you know, like one of uh, my favorite use cases of Carto. Um, I mean, and then other kind of like one of favorites too, you know, like tracking cats. That's we have a customer that puts, you know, like GPS on cat colors. There's a huge industry around tracking now uh, pets and, uh, and you know, and doing analytics about where they hang out, you know, where you can see them. They're putting cameras. Do you understand, you know, where they like to be more? It's it's unbelievable. So uh, it's I mean, those are funny things. I mean, like uh, now we talk more seriously from an industry perspective. I think, you know, like um, where we've seen the most promise uh, or where we see more uh, value generated is in the area around optimizations. We see like tremendous amounts of opportunities on u- utilizing new data and new GIS for 
optimization processes. Things like garbage collection, as simple as that. If you think now, you know, being able to talk about uh, dynamically creating the routes based on how filled, you know, like the trash is in different locations. And we have an experiment with that with one city here in Spain with 15% reduction on the number of miles they have to travel to provide the same uh, uh, service level of you know quality service level you know to their citizens 15% that's a huge impact so uh, there's a lot of you know like now opportunities that i think you know we're going to see where optimizations by understanding data in a much more real time are going to drive you know like a very 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 important return of investments and very huge impacts on savings performance and you know like it's it's going to be very exciting thank you very much guys for spending time with us and being on the podcast so thank you very much richard Thank you. And thank you very much, Javier. Thank you. And to hear more podcasts, go to our website and also check out our blog for more information about what NGIS and Carter are up to. You've been listening to Location Matters, the podcast from NGIS covering the world of mapping and location technology. To find more episodes or to read our blog, check out our website, ngis.com.au.